0: Welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach and digital marketer. And we interview other owners and entrepreneurs about their stories and businesses. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Kim Sorrell, the author, speaker, and director of nonprofit Raise for Hope. How are you, Kim?
1: I am great, Stephen. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well, thank you. I'm very excited to chat with you because I feel like I've, I've talked to a lot of different business owners, but I haven't talked to someone who done everything that you've done and I feel like you're just kind of like sucking the life out of life if that makes sense
1: (laughs) I love that I'm can I use that because
0: use whatever you want yeah
1: (laughs) I think it'll be my new tagline Kim's sucking the life out of life
0: yeah I mean you just uh, this is an audio only unfortunately I haven't figured out the whole like giving the video on anchor yet but like you seem super vibrant right like you just (laughs) like oh yeah like I'm already engaged You've drawn me in, and just chatting with you about your kids and your grandkids, and multiple businesses, and, and you're going to talk about this. But speaking and authoring and being a director, like you are living life and you're experiencing it, and it's fulfilling. And I, I get that vibe from you, so I'm excited. Right? Yeah, it's...
1: great, That's great. <laughs> That's great. I'm excited too. So
0: awesome. So obviously, like you've done a lot, and you have a huge journey. Like how did how did you begin? Going down the path that you've taken in this life. Like, obviously, right? we're not born another woman. Like, hey, I'm going to you know, be an author and a speaker in this. Like, how did you find direction? Where'd you come from?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. And so it was very natural for me to just start businesses and run them and do it and whatever. And then, you know, I got married and we had kids and they were all involved. I mean, it's, it's just kind of what it was and what it is. But um, recently, things have changed pretty dramatically for me because I sold my last business just last month. Wow. And yeah, and I have a book that was published. Uh, I, I'm an author and speaker. And I um, my journey kind of down this particular road started several years ago when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. And uh, yeah, and, and I went to the bookstore and everything was either medical or very depressing. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, I want to know what it feels like. I want to know if there's choices. I want to know what I'm going to go through, you know, what it's mm. really like. And there are choices, I found out, Stephen. Like one <laughs> of them is, is I had cancer on one side. Hopefully I don't get too graphic here. I had cancer on one side. Mm. And so I had to make the choice of having one or two. Sure removed mm-hmm. and we were sitting around the dinner table and one of my sons we were discussing it one, one of my sons said mom would you get new siding on just half the house <laughs> I went, oh yeah well there's there's the decision right there there we go all right son thank you for that
0: uh, that's, that's phenomenal
1: <laughs> so then um but then four months into uh the, my diagnosis: My husband mm-hmm. was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Oh no! And then he passed away six weeks later.
0: I'm very and
1: sorry. So, well, thank you. Yeah, he was a wonderful guy, and we had a great marriage. And he was awesome. And and he was tall. So, and I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> it gave was My tall. kids a chance at some height, and so my kids are forever grateful just for that alone. And there was so much more. Mm-hmm. But um, so I I wrote during that time because um, I wanted people to know, you know, I didn't want people in the same boat I was in. And so "Cry Until You Laugh was my, my first book, mm-hmm. but losing my husband for several reasons made me question the real meaning of love. And if I was really living it and do you live it or is it an emotion, you know, what is it really? So I did what probably all the other newly, widowed at 47-year-old women do, um, I went to Haiti, which maybe isn't what people do. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so my year of living love, of figuring it out, was mostly on the streets of Haiti. And so I uh, my book is called Love Is. And I took this 2,000-year-old poem that you hear at a lot of weddings and things that says love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, et cetera. And I took one word at a time. My plan was to take one word a month and figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? But there are 14 words and only 12 months. So it took me a little bit longer than a year. But uh, (laughs) the things that I found out just changed my life and changed my world. And I think would change anybody's.
0: Sure. So when you went to Haiti, like what kind of decision was just like, I'm, I'm out of here, like I'm gone. Or what, did it take some planning? Like, how did you transition to that? And where did, like, were you just, like you showed up with a couple bags and just like, I'm gonna find a place, like?
1: <laughs> well, I actually, because of my nonprofit, we've been doing, I do, I've been working in Haiti for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, so I was down there, there was a, an earthquake 12 years ago now that killed uh, 200, about 200,000 people. Mm-hmm. And so I was in Haiti after that working. And so, uh, because I spent a lot of time there, it made sense for me to do this journey there.
0: Gotcha. So you, so you were already there and you're just like, I'm just gonna skip for a while, or you had done that work and then you came back and said, you know what, I'm gonna revisit that.
1: I, it was more, I was working through it. So uh, for several years, I was down there for part of every single month for many years. Wow. And right. And so part of it was this whole love thing that we think we all know, right? Like, you know what love is. I know what love is. I sure thought I, I mean, we talked about having kids. I mean, is there a bigger love than when your kids are born and you're raising that child? You know, I don't know of a greater love really. Hopefully, your love for your spouse, maybe compares, that would be good, (laughs) but, uh, but things that we're taught about love, like we learn love from our parents, from our grandparents, from whoever in our life, and a lot of the things that we learn about love are not really love, and there are things that are done in the name of love, and it's not love at all, so to know what love really is just makes your world Rock. I mean, it just uh, puts you on a whole different level.
0: Interesting. So what was it about being in Haiti with the Haitian people that helped you discover love? Like, is it something that you feel like was tied to Haiti or do you feel like you could have gotten that, you know, in the streets of San Francisco or, you know, anywhere else?
1: I think I could have gotten it anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think um, I might've even gotten it faster other places. I don't know. (laughs) Katie was at a different pace. But you know, it's it's like January one of the year that I decided to do it. I just woke up and went, okay, love is patient, love is patient, love is patient. I looked for it and looked for it and looked for it. And every single month, it wasn't until the very end of the month that finally there was like this slap on the head going, that's what it is, that's what it is. Something would happen. And, and I'd go, ah, finally, I know, finally, I know what love that is patient, what that really means. And I think Haiti definitely added a different dynamic. I mean, I was chased by a motorcycle gang. I've never been chased okay. by a motorcycle gang at home <laughs> ever. I, uh, I live in Michigan. We don't have mountains. I got lost on a mile high mountain in the dark with a medical student. I had to sleep outside with uh, tarantulas and snakes and chupacabras or whatever lurks in the bushes of Haiti so those experiences that led me to realize different aspects of love I wouldn't have had those same experiences at home or in San Francisco or sure. a lot of other places
0: now I was when I studied we talked about this a little bit but when I studied abroad um, I mean you know college student I was young I was pretty dumb and headstrong of if I don't like what someone says, I'm just, you know, like, that's stupid, right? But I had a teacher who would always say learning is a change of behavior. And I always just hated that. And I was like, oh, it's so dumb. Ugh. And I'm like, he's so right. Like, <laughs> like, true learning is a change of behavior. And so as you're talking about, like, learning what love is, how did you incorporate that change? Like, how, what is the change that you saw in yourself of how you now interact with love?
1: Yeah, big change, big change, because as I discovered one, I hung on to that, Mm -hmm. and then went to the next, and so you know by the end, it was crazy change. But like right out of the gate, the very first one, love is patient. You know, we think we know what patience is. I thought I knew. You you know what patience is. You're not honking your horn if you're stuck in traffic, or you're not stomping your foot because you're ready to go. They're not ready to go. Whatever. But what I learned about Every one of these words, when you put love is, or love is not in front of it, Mm -hmm. it changes the meaning. So love is patient. And I personally believe you're supposed to love everybody. And so uh, I love you, Stephen. And so (laughs) I love you everybody. Um, But (laughs) I believe that love that is patient, loves the person you're with, whether it's the grocery store clerk Or it's you and I here together, it's your wife, it's your kids, your neighbor, whoever it happens to be, love them in a way that you recognize that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. Whatever is in the past is in the past and whatever is in the future is yet to come. And it can be so easy to be with somebody and not really be with them not be really focusing on them, thinking about, oh, I've got this meeting later tonight or I gotta stop at the store on the way home and pick up some bread or you know whatever it could be or something that happened yesterday and you'll lose the moment. But if you love the person you're with, if you truly love, then you focus in, you hone in and you listen differently because you're actually hearing words. I thought I was the greatest multitasker in the history of the world and <laughs> I found out I'm not. But I thought I could carry on a conversation and think about my to-do list and 17 other things all at the same time and learned that that is not possible. That is not love. That is just disregarding the person that I'm with. So really honing it, really being in the moment, being present for whoever it is that you just said, how are you two, and, and stick around for the answer. And then really listening. You know, in our country, we've got so much chaos between political parties and vaxxers and anti-vaxxers and whatever, and I think a lot of it is people don't really listen to other people's words. We, We assume we know what the opposite is gonna say. We assume we know the rebuttal, right? And we're working our own rebuttal up in our mind before they get done even saying what they're saying. But if you really listen, I think, you know, Republicans and Democrats can probably have Thanksgiving dinner together and not end up with mashed potatoes all over the walls. So it's it's possible.
0: I love that. So did you feel like before you went on your trip of discovery, were, did you feel like you were living in like that ethos of love? Or do you feel like it really shattered your world and worldview of the way that you live? Because even like, taking living in that moment is powerful and it's a very huge change, right? And so, you know, you're talking about 14 significant changes. Do you feel like beforehand, you still operated out of that mindset and mind frame of like, I love everyone, this is what I'm doing, or just kind of like a whole new worldview for you and just redefining the meaning for yourself? A
1: little bit of both maybe, I mean, I, Mm -hmm. Hopefully, before all of this, I was living an okay life and being a decent person. <laughs> <I> and- <laughs> mean,
0: not to say you're not, right? <laughs> Whatever,
1: but um, but but really, no. It it did change my worldview. It it changed my view a lot. You know, I I uh, um, I'm not the uh, get on the political bandwagon on Facebook person. I never have been, and I have always thought that people should be able to get along. But it it did change things like, like just that very first one alone, love is patient. I had to work at that, practice it and practice it and practice it. And it changed everything, you know, that it changed my relationships with people. And so, uh, and like you said, then, then they go on, there's 14 of them.
0: <laughs> How yeah. do you feel like, uh, that's impacted your relationship with your own kids? You feel like there's been a, a significant shift and have you seen like reciprocation and change in them from what you've learned?
1: It's such an interesting question. I have sons and I don't know that any of my sons have read my book
0: mm-hmm.
1: and <laughs> I, <laughs> hopefully they see a change in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, maybe they, they want to be different. And actually I'm not even sure that my daughter read my book now that I think about it. Um, I think, you know, when it's so close to home, when it's your mom, you think, oh my gosh, she's told us what to do our whole lives. Now she's going to tell us about love. You know, what is this about? <laughs> Maybe they're not so interested. I don't know. But I am sure that, that yes, my relationships have changed with them because my relationships in general have changed.
0: That's very cool. So, and was that your second book?
1: That was my second book, Yeah.
0: How many books have you written altogether?
1: That would be two.
0: Two for two. Okay. two for two. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to make another one? Uh, is that in the works or are you stopping at two for now?
1: Uh, yes, actually. Um, like I said, I, I, just, I just sold my last business last month, which means I am office-less for the first time uh, probably ever in my life. And uh, <laughs> congratulations, except I really need an office. <laughs> so I'm moving. Uh, in a couple months, I gave the people a whole lot of time Uh, to stay because they're building a house, but I'm moving. And as soon as I get my office, I can't wait to start writing. It's difficult where I am right now, but I think my next book is going to be love is for kids.
0: Cool. And is that to be like a kid's book or kind of like a parenting book of like, this is how you teach kids about love. What's kind of your angle? If you, if you don't mind me asking, you don't oh, have to no, tell no, me. No.
1: Can be you secret. can ask me <laughs> yeah, anything you want. No problem. Nothing is off limits. I, I picture it as a book for kids to read and learn about love. I think if, you know, I wish I would have learned the truth about love earlier in life. Uh, things would have been different. And uh, so for kids to learn some truths about love, I think is a good idea.
0: That's very cool. And you'd also mentioned that you are a speaker. Have you have you been speaking the whole time, or did you start speaking after your Haiti trip, or was a like, what was your journey of being a, a public speaker there?
1: Uh, I've spoken for years, uh, mm-hmm. but as uh, different things, kind of depending on what's going on in life. And so, in the nonprofit world, I've I've spoken a lot about doing work in third world countries and in underdeveloped nations and. Uh, then through cancer I've spoken for Susan G Komen and the American Cancer Society and other places about cancer and the cancer journey and then I've spoken to women's groups about losing somebody and what that is like and and how life goes on you know what what happens after that and uh, so and now I'm speaking about love. And and about cancer, and about being a widow, and <laughs> and about everything else, and so uh, and I was a caterer for years. I've spoken about that. So, just kind of whatever, whatever wisdom that I think I have that I can share, I'm happy to share with anyone.
0: I love that. And you've mentioned that you had businesses previously. Do you feel like? the journey of love and discovering that, do you feel like that marries into business at all as far as like either management or leadership or the way that you grow and scale your business or values? Like, how do you, how do you marry that together?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. Because love is universal and love is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that love or I know that love is not an emotion like fear or excitement. But love is, is who you are. Love can be who you are. Love is walking and talking and living and breathing and and functioning and and in person. And so if you are living love, then it's going to reflect on your business. It's going to reflect on everything. So relationships, of course, life is all about relationships, you know, it's not just about loving yourself, it's about loving others. And so with that, then you love your staff in a different way. And you work together in a different way, because you understand what love is. And even when it comes down to letting somebody go, you know, I had a different view on that than what I had previously. And uh, just... Love just plays a part in, in every corner, every nook and cranny, every part of your life.
0: Interesting, wow. I mean, you've gone through a lot of significant change, obviously, right, of the things we've talked about. So what, what do you find is fulfilling to you right now? Like, what is your, like? what just makes you come alive that you're doing? Is it the book stuff? Is it speaking engagements? Is it you're working on a nonprofit? Is it kind of a mixture of all that? Like, what, what feeds your soul and brings you joy? You
1: know, the good, the good part is that I have lots of things that bring me joy and feed mm-hmm. my soul. And so uh, it's not just one thing. I love to write. I, I love to speak. Mm-hmm. I love to uh, be with my grandbabies. I love to create, you know, I, I, I love life. And, you know, I, I learned Stephen through Mostly, I would say through my cancer journey and my husband's cancer journey that there are things that happen to you in life that you wouldn't pick, that you have no control over, you would not choose. I wouldn't choose cancer. I wouldn't choose my husband having cancer. We were going to be the old couple rocking in rockers on the front porch drinking lemonade in our 90s. You know, that was our plan. And so at 47, to lose him, to lose a man that I adored... Uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, I I wouldn't have picked that. I wouldn't have chosen that. But there are things we do choose, and one of them is is how we live, how we choose to live. And I choose to be joyful. I choose to have happiness as part of my life, and I choose to embrace life and suck. The life out of life, <laughs> I love that, and so uh, those are choices we can all make. All of us can, you know. Everybody has a bad day, you know. You can have a bad day from time to time, but it should only be from time to time. There's way too much to be grateful for, way too much to experience in life. There's a lot out there for us, and it's fun. Life, life is great.
0: I love that. That's re- that's really great, and I think I mean. That, that touches on a whole can of worms of like a million different rabbit trails we can go down to of, you know, taking responsibility for life or the, being a victim or like, I think there's a lot of really beautiful things that you said in that, that right there. And that's, I'm going to take like 10 minutes and just unpack that for myself after this, but <laughs> just phenomenal. Um, and Kim, what, what was the name of your second book?
1: Love is
0: love is okay is there where is there a place for someone to find that yes if they were looking to buy it
1: yeah anywhere online any of the mm-hmm. booksellers online Amazon you know um, book baby whoever everybody online and also in brick and mortar stores which I like a brick and mortar bookstore I gotta say so I'm Barnes and now. Noble yeah Barnes and Noble, it's there it's in, mm-hmm. in other stores too and I'm finding that people are not just buying one copy. But people are reading it and then going, oh my gosh, I want one for my kids. And I want one for my neighbor. And oh my word, this person that I work with, I'd love to get a book for them. And and not as a, you don't know how to love. So here's this book about love. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Hey, I read this parenting book and you're a bad parent. So here you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah exactly, exactly. By the way, you should really buy this book. Yeah, not like that. So it's, but it's... Uh, changes your life in such a way, like I've done all the homework for you. And so you can read it, and then it can change your life, take out of it what you take out of it. And then you want that for other people. Because it's, it's a bigger life. It's uh it's an amazing place to be just to be um, living love. It is, if I needed to wrap it up in one word. Living love is total and complete freedom because there is zero judgment. There's zero discrimination. There's no room for that with love. There's uh, zero selfishness. You know, you don't do something to get something that's not love. And you are free then to just love, just love you don't have to criticize. You you have no control over other human beings, you know, unless they're babies, then you tell them what to do. But once they grow, you're seven and a half year old. I guarantee you're not, you know, the puppet master anymore. Right. And unfortunately, (laughs) that's the way it goes. goes, Yeah. And then they become teenagers. Yay. But, uh, but it's, um, the truth I mean we don't control other people we control ourselves and so we're not changing other people's minds by unfriending them on Facebook you know that's not what's happening (laughs) you know you can have your own opinions that's all well and great but then other people get to have their opinions too when you love that's the freedom people can believe whatever they want it's not up to you to change their mind all you have to do is love people And uh, it's a freedom, like, that is unimaginable.
0: I love that. Awesome. Well, Kim, thank you so much. Is there, before we end, is there anything that you wish I'd asked you or that you wanted to revisit before we wrap it up?
1: I... Uh, (laughs) as I'm fumbling. Um, Oh, you're fine. You you do a great job, Stephen, pulling stuff out. And I've been listening to your podcast. Everyone should listen to your podcast. You really do a great job. And I have so enjoyed our time together and I hope that we can connect again down the road and uh, if you ever want any parenting advice, I don't know that I'm the person to come to, but <laughs> maybe there, there's some in the book. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I can tell that you love people. You love your family. Obviously, you were beaming talking about your kids a little bit ago, and
0: yeah, that. that's
1: a wonderful thing. It's an awesome thing.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Well, Kim, thank you again for being on Subject Change, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.